0: Let's pray as we uh, take the word in today. Father God, we love you so very much. We thank you for your presence in this place. God, I pray over the next few moments. God, that the word would just come alive into our hearts, God, that I would speak only what you want me to speak, God, that you would open our ears to hear, Lord, our hearts to receive, God, and our feet to walk out of this place new, changed, transformed, Uh, Lord, just applying the word daily. Uh, Lord, let the word just come forth, God, and uh, we just thank you, Lord, for the journey you're taking us on and where you're leading us to, and we just give you praise today and put you first in this next few moments, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. title of this morning's message is Don't Cancel My Reservation. And uh, I kind of want to put it back in our... I thought I was done with the Prepper parables, but I kind of want to put it there in our Prepper parables. We, we kind of ended it last time, but I, I feel like we need to add one more. And this one's called Don't Cancel My Reservation. And uh, we're really talking today about no excuses. No excuses. Do you know... And in every great move of God, it's when people pushed everything else aside, no excuses, and they just really came to seek after heaven. They wanted heaven to come down. And everything else didn't matter. They don't care if it was Monday night, Tuesday night. They were there just to be in the presence of God. And it's called hunger. Hunger. I'm I'm hungry for it. I'm hungry for a move of God. I'm hungry for our state, our parish, our nation to have just a move of God. And it's going to take a place in my personal life to say there's no excuses for me getting there. No excuses for me not having a deeper relationship with God. No excuses for me not praying or reading my Word. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. No excuses. And Jesus talks about this. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. I know a little bit about no excuses this last... uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were able to go to the restaurant Lambert's Cafe. How many have ever been to Lambert's Cafe? Man, there's only three in the nation, and we've almost all been there. That's crazy. Uh, it's a Missouri thing, and so I'm from Missouri. Uh, you know, not originally, but i live in Missouri most of my life. And Lambert's, is, it's home, Springfield, Sykeston, and there's one in Gulf Shores, right? And, uh, I mean, I love Lambert's. That's the food of heaven right there. It's good home cooking just like grandma used to make, and the portions are enormous. I mean, chicken fried steak like that big, and then a heap of mashed potatoes and gravy, and and, and you're gonna make me preach fast today so we could all go home. And you know, it's just so great because you know it's it's the American, it's an American place because not only are the portions big, but when you go, uh they're they're scooping all these sides, an addition to your meal. So you get this fifteen dollar meal, which is enormous, it's like three meals in one. And then, you know, that comes with, like, mashed potatoes and uh, green beans and corn. You get, like, three things. And then they're throwing the rolls at you. And then there's, you know, sorghum and apple butter and molasses and and real butter and honey. And then they've got uh, okra coming by. They just dump okra on the table. They've got uh, fried potatoes just coming by. And this is the food of heaven. And any time there's a Lambert's, I must go. And so we were out of town a few weekends ago, and I just was driving by, and I saw a Lambert's, and the halo of God just descended upon it. (laughs) And uh, I told my wife, I said, we're going to eat at Lambert's, because the closest one for us, I thought, was in Missouri, and we don't get to go home very often. And uh, so it was uh, the weekend, and and, um, my parents were there, and we were gone, and we get there, and it's the 4th of July weekend, and what do you know? There is an hour plus wait. And, and this is normal. for If you know about Lambert's, it's pretty normal. So I said, all right, no excuses. We're going to eat here before we leave. And so we put our name in. There is 100 people. No joke. It might have been 120. 100 people in front of us for reservation. And so I said, we're staying. We're going. We're going to eat. And now here comes the baby. The baby's fussy. It's 90 degrees. We're waiting in the car. They don't give you a buzzer. So you have to wait for your name to be heard. It comes, it's 8 o'clock at night now, we're starving, and all of the things you could think of to go somewhere else, because there's a Chick-fil-A and everything else just right next door, I'm like, Lambert's, we're Lambert's, Lambert's, it's gonna be worth the wait, it's gonna be worth the wait, and so we waited in line for an hour and 20 minutes, in the hot, and you know what, it was worth it, it was worth it, we brought it home to the hotel, and uh, and it's something like that. Heaven is worth the wait. It's going to be good. It's going to be so good. And the Apostle Paul, he said that he knew that there was laid up for him a crown of righteousness in heaven. And he was pressing towards that goal. That nothing else mattered, no excuses. I'm set my mind on being with Jesus in heaven, in paradise. And it's going to be worth it. No excuses. You know, Scripture is clear and we're learning this lately in our Prepper parables, that people are assuming that their names are written in heaven. They're assuming that they've made that heavenly reservation, but it's not true. It's not going to be the case. Why? Because God invited them, but they did not do what was necessary to secure their spot. They may have heard the invitation, but they haven't secured their reservation. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's look at what Jesus says. Have you major, You've heard the invitation, but have you secured your reservation? And is there anything in this life and in this world that we are making excuses instead of sacrifices? It was a sacrifice for us to wait. There was no excuses, and that's what it's going to take for us to get to heaven today. Luke chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says, And a man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. And at the dinner hour... He said, sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. And they all alike began to make excuses. Here we go. The first one said to him, I bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. And another said, I've married a wife and for that reason I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported to his master. Then the head of the household became angry. And he said to his slave, Go out and once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the slave said, Master, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled." For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. You know, as a pastor, I've got to hear some pretty awesome excuses. Uh, I grew up in church, but especially as a pastor, I've heard things from, I wrote some down, uh, you know, I don't have to go to church. You know, there's too many old people, or I've heard the other, there's too many young people in that church. somebody's told me, I've got hurt, or I've got burnt once, or nobody followed up with me, or I just can't get involved right now in my life. I love that one, because that one covers anything. What can you say? Uh, I don't know if I have time. We're going to the lake house every other week. True statement. (laughs) We're going to the lake house every week. Oh, that's nice. I've got season tickets. That's a good one. I don't think that's for me. I'm really just not getting anything out of it right now. Mm. I haven't seen my family this week. I've been struggling a lot lately. It's not really my style of preaching. It's not really my style of worship. I just need a day off. I just need to get some things done at home. And I, my, I love this one. I, just can't, to seem ever to, I can't, just can't ever seem to get up. The best was for me is when I was starting, I was pioneering a young adult ministry at our former church. It was an older church. And we were my wife and I uh, were pioneering to bring young people into the church. And so we began a young adult ministry and from scratch there's nobody there just a handful of young 20-somethings and uh, we began to have events and we began to plaster the walls and advertise and put you know in the bathroom stalls you just couldn't get away there's a young adult event happening this weekend and so I got all these RSVPs and I said you know just call these people you got to come get to come and so I got all these yeah 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 I'll be there yeah I'll be there sure 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 and I'm like all right man it's going to I got like 30 people it's going to come and so I bought pizza for 30 people, being the young, unknowing pastor that I was. <laughs> and uh, I bought, th- I spent, I don't know, there was six, there's a stack of pizza in this room this big. And I had a room cleared out. I got the movie screen. We're going to watch Chronicles of Narnia just came out. And uh, all right, so the event comes. My wife, are there. It's six o'clock. Where in the world is everybody? And uh, one couple, one couple shows up to that event. But the best part was, is that one guy said, I'll be there, but I can you pick me up? I can't make it. I'm saying, man, whatever it takes, I'm going to get you there. I will get you there. He said, well, I don't get off until 7. Well, you know, the movie starts at 6. Well, okay, okay, I don't normally do this, but I will. I'll go pick you up. So here's my wife. I say, honey, you stay here. You're alone with these two people. This is the, all the young adults that have come. Here's... Uh, 50 bucks worth of pizza, y'all do what you can, watch the movie, and I'm going to be right back, this guy said he's going to come, so I'm going to get at least one, compel them to come, it says, go compel him. So I drive all the way across town, which is like 15, 20 minutes, because we're in a city, get all the way across town, get this guy, young adult, he's a young, single guy, 20-something, get him in my car, I say, all right, man, hey, it's going, we got to get back over there, because my wife's by themselves, and, and there's nobody there, but, man, it's going to be awesome, they've got all this pizza, let's go. And he just looks at me and says, you know, in my car now, he doesn't have no ride home. I'm his ride. He says, you know, I really hate to do this, Um, but I just had a really bad day at work. Can you drive me home? Yeah, sure. I'll do that. Where do you live? I live over there, which is the third opposite side of town. So grip my teeth, pray for the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and drive him all the way to the other side of town. And then drive all the way back. So 45 minutes later, I come back to my event, which is over. And that has been by far the best excuse I've ever had for someone to, to uh, uh, give me as a pastor. And thank God today that guy is one of my friends, and he's involved in church and ministry and everything else. So he's grown up. But uh, I've got some excuses I've had written down. So, but look at this passage. Look at these excuses. What is Jesus saying here? You know, today the invitation of the gospel has been given. And if anybody is hungry for the truth of God's righteousness, they only have to receive it. If you're hungry for more of God, you only have to receive Him. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, you only have to receive it. But many by their excuses, just like these men, are unknowingly rejecting God's invitation. And before they realize it, Jesus is illustrating to us their life will pass them by and the doors to heaven will be shut. They unknowingly, by their excuses, rejected God's invitation. And I wonder today if we can unknowingly reject God's invitation to heaven or His invitation to have more of a deeper relationship with Him by unknowingly giving some excuses. And let's look at this. This passage... Jesus is, the, uh, is speaking to Israel, and in this people, he's speaking to religious Pharisees, uh, people who did not really want to go deeper or, sp- or weren't concerned about spiritual things. And if you look at the context of this passage, we know he's ultimately talking about how Israel has rejected him and how the gospel will go to the Gentiles. But it also means something for us today. And if you look at these guys, that they're spiritual, not, I mean, they're not interested in spiritual things, but they're assuming. They have a spot in heaven. Let me tell you a little about these uh, weddings. In ancient culture, sorry, these feasts, in ancient culture, people would give a feast, okay? And the dinners were pretty popular. Going, you didn't have TV, you didn't have things to do, so you had have people over, especially if you were rich. And so they would send out the invitations and tell you the day, but they wouldn't tell you the hour. And so when you got this invitation, it was an honor to be invited, and it was a dishonor to say no. So if you said no to the host, it was to dishonor him. So most people didn't like to do that, all right? So you got the day. You didn't tell the hour. So you would RSVP back say, sure, I'll be there. And so the host would know. He would prepare how much food there should be. And then when he got all the invitations back, he'd prepare the food, make sure how much to have. And on the day of, because they weren't a time system like we are today. You go to a foreign country. They don't care about this clock as much as we do. So they had their evening set free. The slaves would come or the servants would come and say, hey, it's going to be right now. Let's go. So they didn't, they didn't have watches, right? You just had to be waiting for the invitation. And so no man knows the hour. You understand these parables? All right. No man knows the hour. Okay. So the slaves would come and say, hey, come in. And then these guys, having RSVP'd to come, having the food already prepared because they didn't want to offend this guy, let's go ahead and say yes. Because if you had a situation like that, you didn't really want to offend somebody, so you told them maybe, right? You know, hey, you all should really come to this thing. You know, you know, yeah, if we're free, you know. That's saying no, right? Okay, we do that a lot. Well, that's what these guys do. And so, but when the time came, they said, well, actually, I'm kind of busy right now. Now, let's look at these guys. That's exactly what's happening today. There's a dilemma. I don't really want to insult you but I don't really want to commit to you either. Mm. So many people don't want to insult God by saying, God, I love you, but I really just not right now can I give you everything. But I really do want to commit. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I want to be with you, but I can't really commit right now. That's the American way. Let's talk about this, please excuse me. Please excuse me. What sort of excuses might keep you and I out of heaven today? Number one, look at this guy. We're going to go through all three of these. He bought land. Number one, I bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. How many of you, where's Brad? There's Brad. Brad and them just bought some land in a house. I'm sure that Brad did not buy the land before looking at it. He says, I bought some land and now I need to go look at it. Who in the world buys land before looking at it? So is this guy lying or what? And not to mention, it's supper time. Why are you going to go look at it in the night? By the time you get there, it's going to be dark. And so Jesus is looking at this guy, and you can just see right through their excuses. You ever had somebody do that? You knew you invited them to something, you should come to my house, whatever, but you knew that that wasn't true, the excuse they gave you, because you knew that didn't happen. Or, you know, there's all kinds of illustrations about it, but that's what is going on here. This man originally agreed to come, but now he was more concerned with building up his estate. Or maybe he was just flat out lying. You know, one day, it's, I'm working more lately. Or one day, it's, we're working on the house today. We've got these projects going on. Or one day, we're out of town. You know, and I find that life continues on. And six months later, the family hasn't been in church. They're stressed. Their finances are in jeopardy. They're wondering why their marriage is falling apart. Their kids are rebelling. And no one wonders why. You know, we can tell Jesus we want a reservation in heaven. But will we be found by Him too busy... Building up our own kingdoms, or are we going to be found building up his kingdom? Are we too busy building up our kingdom, or are we building up his kingdom? This man was concerned about his own estate. He was concerned about his own wealth. He was concerned about building up his own property. And so Jesus is asking us today, Are you concerned about my kingdom, or are you concerned about your kingdom? Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he goes on to say in Luke 14, just the same chapter, he says, None of you can be my disciple who does not give up all of his own possessions. We read those verses like that and we immediately put clauses in them. Well, that doesn't really mean for everybody. Well, that doesn't just mean really literally give it. But what if it did? What if it did? Jesus is not asking every single person who comes onto this altar and gets saved to give up everything that he actually physically owns and go gives it to the bank. But he is asking for the willingness. It's that real of a commitment. It's that real of a price to be paid to say, God, I have to give up ownership of my kingdom so that I can be in your kingdom. I've got to give up control of my life and give you control. God, I've got to give up all my wants, my dreams, Lord, so I can have your wants, your dreams. I know that your way is better. Your kingdom is better. What I build up is going to fall like hay and stubble. It's going to get burnt up. But, God, things I build for you will last for eternity. And so am I concerned about building up my kingdom or am I concerned about building up God's kingdom? That's the first excuse that Jesus says that we give him. We get so busy building up our own things and we unknowingly, by doing so are telling him, I'm not really interested right now, God. I really don't want that, uh, that ticket in heaven. I, you can give my seat away in heaven because right now I got my own kingdom I'm building up. How many people in America are unknowingly telling God, take my seat? God, give my seat to somebody else. They don't even realize it because this guy didn't want to, he didn't say no. He didn't say, no, I'm not coming. He said, but I'm busy right now, maybe next time. Maybe next time I'll get involved in church. Maybe next time, next year, I'll get my prayer life going. Maybe next time I'll, I'll really get my family into church. I'll really get into the Word, God. Maybe next time I'll, I'll fast more, God. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll give it all, Father, next time. Are we unknowingly making excuses and giving up our seat in heaven? Number two, bought oxen. Anybody own ox? I don't think so. All right, he bought ox. He says, I've bought five ox." Five yoke of oxen, that's ten oxen. And I'm prepared to go try them out. Again, how many people have ever bought a car without test driving it? That wouldn't be very smart, would it? Unless you really, really knew the person, I guess. But he says, I've bought these ox, and it's the afternoon, and it's about supper time. And I, I bought them, and I'm going to go try them out. Again, Jesus is seeing right through this faulty excuse. And this man, he is focused on his labors. My labors. You know, one day it's, I've been working more lately, and or maybe I'm involved in this committee or that. You know, many times I've followed up in ministry uh, with people, and you, you say things like, hey, where you been? It's been a while. We've really missed you. Let's get lunch sometimes. And they say, well, you know, I had this, I had that. And, it's, you know, six months later down the road, you're still following up. Hey, man, where you been? Let's get together sometime. You know, we, we should hang out. You know, the fact is, so many times I think in America... I think it's really that we just don't want to sacrifice. I don't think it's really that we want to sacrifice our wants for God and for others. We're not defining our lives by loving God more or loving people more. Because if I truly love God and I truly love people, I, I especially love His church, is it really, what excuse, what excuse will I give God on that day? Is it so many times that we really don't want to sacrifice for more love for God and for more love for people. D.L. Moody, the great pastor, said, No sooner does anyone begin to preach the gospel that men and women begin to make excuses. I've been there. I've done that. Many years, I really, I grew up in uh, an Assemblies of God, a Pentecostal, Spirit-filled church, and I I can't tell you how many altar calls I made an excuse of why I should not go down there. Dozens and dozens and dozens. My labor or His labor? Is it my life about my labor or is it about His labor? His work or my work? Mark chapter 4, verse 19 tells us that the worries of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things in this world will choke out the Word of God in us if we're not careful. The, the focusing on the labors of this world, focusing on building up things in this world, focusing on uh, my plans, my projects, my to-do list, focusing on riches and desire for other things. it will choke out the word of God in us. In First Timothy chapter four, verse 10, Paul says this. He says, "For it is for this we labor, and it's for this that we strive. You know why? Because we have fixed our hope on a living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. I am laboring because there is a blessed hope that Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. I'm keeping my eye fixed on the prize, and the only work I'm concerned about is God's work. Yes, I've got a work to eat. Yes, I've got a work to put a roof over my family. But my primary work, God, is focusing on your work. Yes. My primary hope, Lord, I'm fixing it. I'm striving because, God, you are coming back, and you're coming to take me home. I'm striving. It's not about my kingdom. It's about his kingdom. It's not about my labor, but it's about his labor. Let's look at the third one. He says, I got married. You know, that's actually a pretty good excuse, don't you think? I got married. He says, I've married a wife, and for that reason, I cannot come. And you'd think this would be a good excuse. But in the ancient world, getting married is not like we do today, and you can't just go to Vegas and accidentally get married. You (laughs) did not do that back then. But then it was kind of planned. It was thought out, and an engagement was normal six months a year. It wasn't abnormal. And so you did not know you were getting married on that day. And so here's this guy, he, uh, the host, gives an RSVP. Hey, you should come. The man knows he's getting married. He knows that's his day, or he knows he'll be married after that. We don't know if the wedding date was the same day or not. So he knew he'd be married, and he said yes anyway. But here's the other catch. In the ancient world... A wife didn't come to these things anyhow, okay? So it was just for the men. It was a, a man invited all these other notable men. And so wives wouldn't come anyway. So what are you talking about? You're just using your wife as an excuse. And if I had a nickel for every time someone used their family as an excuse for the things of God. You think about it this way. He's talking about my relationships or is it really about the relationship? Is it about my relationship or my relationship with God? I've heard many times, I don't have, to, I don't have time to pray because of the kids and my life's crazy right now. Or, or my spouse wanted to stay home today. or Well, you know, you really think about it. If my spouse was willing to go to hell, would I follow them? Let's just be that bold. If they were willing to go to hell, would I follow? My primary relationship in this world is with my God, my Father. Who's ransomed me from death. Nobody else has saved me from hell. Nobody else has died for me and took away the curse of my sin. Nobody else has prepared a place for me. Lord, with mansions and streets of gold and a peace that passes, the joy that comes in the morning. No one has done that for me but one person. That's Jesus Christ. He is my first. He is my everything. There's an old song used to say. He is my everything. He is my all in all. He is. He must be. He must be the center of my family. He must be at the center of my relationships. And and yes, sacrifice for your family. Yes, love your family selfishly, but love God more. He says this in Luke chapter 14, the same chapter we're reading today. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Do I love God more than my spouse? Do I love God more than my kids? That's a hard thing to say. And these are, this is the words in red. This is the words in red. We understand this is God's call to us. You must love me more than your kids. You must love me more than your spouse. Because then everything else works out. Then everything else God can bless. Then everything else God can glorify. It is a hard thing for a father of a new little girl to say, I must love God more than her. But I'll love her better if I love God first. But I have to check myself. God, who do I glory in? God, who do I put my love into? God, who do I put my faith into? Who do I put my sense of belonging into when I'm lonely, when I feel like I need to share something, when I need to get something off my chest? Do I put it into man or woman, or do I put it into you? God has got to be the center of my relationships. And I don't care what all of my family does, I will follow the Lord. If my spouse leaves me, if my children disown me, I will follow the Lord. I have made a decision in my life never to turn back. No matter what the Satan puts in my path, no matter what the world tries me with, I love the Lord my God. Look at all these excuses today and ask yourself, what sort of excuses might keep you, might keep someone out of heaven? And thinking on that thought this week, I thought this, well... Heath, what sort of excuses would keep you out of church? That's a lesser thing. Going to church ain't got nothing to do with going to heaven. But what kind of excuses keep me out of church? Are those kind of excuses going to keep me out of heaven? What kind of excuses keep me from reading my Bible? What kind of excuses keep me from praying? What kind of excuses keep me from giving more? And what kind of excuses keep me from loving someone else unconditionally? That right there. That right there. What sort of excuses will keep you out of heaven might just be the same sort of excuses that keep all those other things out of our life. The same excuses that keep me from having a deepened, ardent, fiery, passionate, Lord Lord, God-loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Those same excuses. I love the, the key here to understand today is that none of these men said no. No one tells me no, I won't give. No one tells me, no, I won't serve. No, I'm not coming anymore. No, God, I'm not going to read my word. No, God, I'm not going to pray. No one tells God, no. We just say, maybe right, right now, I was too busy. I had this going on. I had this excuse. That's the same thing, church. That's what Jesus is saying today. That's the same thing as telling God, no. It's either all or it's nothing. I'm either all in with Jesus or I'm out of Him. What keeps us from going all in with God? So many times we don't want to offend God. We don't want to offend the pastor. We don't want to offend our brothers and sisters. We don't want to offend uh, 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 the Holy Spirit in our life. But you know what we really do? We're lying to ourselves and making excuses. And God is saying in this passage that we are judging ourselves if we're making excuses for why we're not seeking His kingdom and His righteousness first, why we're not laboring in His fields, why we're not putting His relationship first in our life. We lie to ourselves if we say, God, there's this reason, or there's this reason, or there's that reason. Could it really be that in my own flesh, in myself, the reason I don't have a deeper prayer life is because I'm not really to make the sacrifice to get it? Maybe the reason I don't know his word more is maybe because I don't really have the desire to sacrifice my wants, my dreams to to get to that place. with God. Maybe the reason I don't have a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit is because maybe I'm not willing to make the sacrifices to get it. To push everything else out of my life and say, God, I'm not leaving this place, this prayer closet. I'm not leaving here, God, until I meet your throne. God, I'm not getting up off of this Bible, Lord, till you speak to me. God, I'm not putting these pages down, Lord, until I get everything that I need, the joy that is empty inside of me. God, I'm not leaving this Word, God, until I get filled up. I don't care if I have to miss work. God, this is more important. I'm serious, church, that we have a, such a hunger and a thirst for the things of God that nothing else matters. That nothing, that we could get on our faces and say, God, the Spirit is moved this morning, but God, we're not satisfied with the moving of the Spirit in this place. God, we're gonna stay here until we see heaven fall down. That's the kind of excuses that we push aside and say, God, I don't, I don't care what happens. I just want you. God, I don't care what happens, I just want to know you more. God, I don't care what happens. I don't nothing else matters. That's what we sung sing the song. Nothing else matters. I give myself away. I just want to know, God. God, I just want to be close to You. God, I just want to know You. God, I just want to hear Your voice. God, I want to feel Your Spirit so deep within. And He says, get rid of your excuses, because I'm right here. I'm right here. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation, but no man knows the hour that He's going to call us to dinner. The invitation is given. The day is set. We don't know when he's coming. That's the hour part. But making a commitment for heaven means I have to honor the host. The host gives the invitation and I have to honor him. I have to honor him. I say, yes, God, I'm not lying to you. Yes, God, I'm going to make it. I'm setting that date on my calendar. God, no excuses. I'm going to be there. I'm going to strive. I'm going to labor. I'm going to seek first your kingdom. And when you call, I will answer. You'll find me faithful. You'll find me faithful. You see, his invitation has gone out. And I read this morning in Isaiah 25. He says, Church, I've prepared a lavish banquet for you. It's a place where I'm going to remove the darkness that covers the minds of the people of this world. I'm going to swallow up death for all time. I'm going to wipe every tear from your face and wipe away every reproach of your sin. And I'm going to bless you and give you true joy and rest. You know, God is so gracious God is so gracious that He would uh, send His Son, spread the good news, that He would establish His church to continue the mission, that He would say things like, I've come to seek and save the lost, that He said, i would come to release the captives, open the blind eyes, set free the oppressed, to make the Holy Spirit available to all of us today. His grace is sufficient. Man, it's, it's overwhelming what God has done for His invitation And He says, I'm going to the highways and the hedges. Go out to every single person that you can meet, every even secret place, even those that are hiding behind the hedge. Compel them. Because God's a God that says, I don't want anybody to perish but everyone to come. And He says, come as you are, to the despised, the outcast, the unworthy, the unclean, the improper, the unholy. There's room. There's room. I believe there is room in heaven for every single person to say yes. I believe it. I think this, par- this passage illustrates it. Every single person. I believe there's room for every single person in this world today to say yes to Jesus. Heaven is going to be big enough for your family. You know that? Heaven's going to be big enough for that lost son, that lost daughter. Heaven's going to be big enough. There's room. You know what? It's going to be an awesome time. The best men and women are going to be there. You're going to see Moses, the patriarchs. You're going to see the apostles. You're going to see all the martyrs you've never met before. You're going to see societies and and whole classes and angels with languages and names you can't even pronounce. You're going to see all kinds of weird creatures. And most of all, you're going to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time. And peace is waiting for some. Joy is waiting for others. Healings. That final healing you've been waiting for is there. And there's no waste at God's banquet table. Every good thing will be there. And all we've got to do is RSVP. All you've got to do... You know what that means? It means please respond. You know that? Please respond. Please respond. What does it take to respond today? Not just once. But to continually live a life in response to and ready for His call. See, those, those men made a one-time, yes, God, I'll be there. But when the time came, they weren't ready. To RSVP to God is to live continually ready for His call. Will you be found faithful? Will you be found with any excuses? Uh, worship team, if y'all come back. And here's the condition for your RSVP, two verses, Matthew chapter five and six, chapter five, verse three, verse six. He says, "I want you to be poor in spirit, and you better come hungry. You better come hungry to God. You want more of God, you better come hungry." He says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. they'll be filled. they'll be satisfied." Too many people in the church today, the church in this world This country today, much like the Laodicean church, I'm rich and full, I have need of nothing. But Jesus says, if you're hungry, come. If you're thirsty, come. If you're poor, come. I've got everything that you need. And you think about it this way. You look in this Bible day, who did He ask to come? He asked the poor, the lame, the sick, the blind. You know what? The poor had no excuse. They weren't buying ox. They weren't buying land. They were ready. You know, the the outcasts and the lonely... Man, they would have been honored to come and fellowship with somebody. They didn't have anybody else. The, the sick and the diseased, the unworthy, they couldn't be given in marriage. So they had no excuse. You see, when we get to a place when we say, God, I repent. I'm living a life that's poor, that's hungry, that's destitute. Lord, I need you. I must have you. We've got no excuse. No excuse to keep me out of heaven. And the true answer is this, that if you want more of God, it's here. If you want more of God, He's here. you want a deeper prayer life, go for it. It's right there. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, go for it. He's right there. If you want healing, go for it. He's right there. No excuses anymore. He's poured out the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He's sacrificed for all sin, for all time. There is nothing now separating us from having the fullness of God in us. What's separating our churches from revival? Just our excuses. Revival is waiting. It's right here. All we want, we want to see our city reached. Let's go for it. No excuses, though. No excuses. We're going to have an awesome time of prayer tonight for this very thing. God, get, we want revival. God, we want to see you shake up this city. God, we want to see you move mightily in our families. God, we want to see you deliver the oppressed. God, open blind eyes. Just restore relationships and marriages. But there's got to be a church that says, no more excuses. It's right here. He's waiting to give it. He's waiting to pour it out. And so let's pray today. Would you join with me? Just every head bow, every eye closed. Jesus. Father God, I pray You'd search my heart. Search our hearts, God. Search me and know me. Reveal any wicked way in me, God. Lord, we know against You and only You have we sinned, God. You are righteous and just in Your judgments. Lord, and I thank You for Your grace that's come down, that Jesus Christ came down in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, despised the shame for the joy set before Him, God, endured the cross because He loved me. Lord, and you have made room at the cross. You've made room up in heaven for every single person who'd say yes to you, God. Every single person who'd say yes to you. But God, may I not grow weary in well doing. But God, that we would continually say, Yes, Lord, today. You can have my everything. God, I want to give you my kingdom. God, I want to give you my labors. God, I want to give you my relationships in exchange. God, give me your kingdom. I'm going to seek your kingdom and it's righteousness first. God, Lord, I want to work in your harvest fields. God, I don't wanna, it's not about my job or my career, my plans, my house, my, my things. But God, I want to be about your things. God, I want to be about your church. God, I want to be about your people. God, I want to be about these children, these youth. God, I want to be about my brothers and sisters, God who are going through hard times. God, I want to serve and sacrifice, God, because You did, and You did it for me. So I want to honor You, the host, God, of this heavenly banquet, this great wedding feast, this marriage supper of the Lamb, God, and say, God, I'm going to be ready. God, I want to be ready. God, I've got no excuses keeping me from a deeper relationship with You. God, I've got no excuses for revival not breaking out in my life. God, I've got no excuses for that deeper prayer walk. God, I've got no excuses for not fasting. God, I've got no excuses... Like just, Lord, maybe I don't want to. Father, I pray right now for every heart in this place. God, root out any sin in us. Let us come to repentance today, God. Crucify the flesh in us. Lord, that we are willing to give it up. Say, God, take it all away, God. I give it all up, Lord Jesus. Take every sinful thought, God. Take every prideful thought, God. Take every lustful thought, God. Take it all away, Lord. I just give it to you, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Lord, we just come to a place of weeping repentance, God. God. Change my heart, oh God. Renew me. Put a steadfast spirit in me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, God, that we could teach sinners your way. Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Jesus, come in this place, Holy Spirit. God, we wait on you today, God. We just wait on you in this place right now, God. Lord, you would begin to do a transforming work inside of all of our hearts, God. Holy, 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 God. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Heath, I don't know if my seat's secure in heaven. I don't know. Maybe I said that RSVP, I accepted the invitation years ago, but maybe my seat's been given away because I've been so full of excuses of why I'm not really in a deep relationship with God. I've given Him so many excuses. I've given the church so many excuses. God, I'm done with it all. I just want to say, God, I want to know You. God, I just want to know You more. God, I just want to be with You save me cleanse me and maybe you're here maybe you've been saved before maybe you you've rededicated your life but you just want to make that commitment again to be sure your reservation is made in heaven and you want to live a life with no excuse if you just raise your hand and look at me i want to pray with you this morning before we move on to the next prayer jesus that's you amen thank you thank you thank you thank you jesus lord we renew our hearts to you O god Renew our hearts to you, O oh God. Jesus, maybe you're like that one. He said, "I don't. I'm not really telling God no, but I've been telling God maybe a whole lot. Been telling God maybe a whole lot. I want to give all that up today, Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. That's you, and you've raised your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you today because we are all in that place, and I'm re- I'm renewing my heart today too we just pray a prayer like this in your own words after me. And I'm just going to pray my heart. But it's got to be your heart to God and say, God, I just want to do that today. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. God, I ask you to come into my heart. Renew me. Lord, I want a reservation in heaven. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in God the Father. And Lord, I believe you are soon coming. And Lord, I want to be ready. Lord, I want to be ready. And Father, I just repent of every excuse. I repent of every maybe. God, I want to go all in with You, Jesus. I want to go all into that deeper relationship with you. Holy Spirit, I want to know you more. Come in my heart. Renew me. Refill me. Give me that joy again, Lord. Give me that excitement again. Give me that fire again, God, that I want to be working in your kingdom. God, I want to be building up your church. God, I want to be seeking first your relationship, God, and put you first in my life. God, forgive me, God, if I put anybody else or anything ahead of you. Today, God, I renew my commitment. I renew my RSVP today, God. I want to be known by you. I want to have that deeper walk with you. Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Jesus.